0: Today's readings from Exodus 34, 29 to 35. When Moses came down Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware the face, that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face, but whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. This reading is taken from Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared on the glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory, and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, "Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one of you, one for Moses, Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying while he was speaking a cloud appeared and covered them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud a voice came from the cloud saying this is my son whom i have chosen listen to him when the voice had spoken they found that jesus was alone the disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone that, that at the time that what they had seen this is the word of the lord Thanks. Thanks be-
1: Lord Jesus, as your glory was revealed on the mountain, so we pray now that we too would see your glory here among us today, for we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, two bishops for the price of one, Um, and Sanju, you've survived your first test already. It was deliberate, I take it, that we didn't have the musicians for, the, uh, for, that, for that song. Uh, we were thinking of having something really obscure song, just to see quite how you would manage starting that one off. But uh, you've done pretty well, I have to say, with, uh, with all of that. Um, this is a first for me, I suppose, in the sense that I've done lots of confirmation services before, but never have I had to observe one and then have to give feedback afterwards. Uh, I've never given a feedback to another bishop before so uh, here we go this is going to be interesting but uh, uh, really pleased to be able to do this and uh, uh, this is in, one, in a sense one of those unique occasions after this we will in a sense go our separate ways taking confirmation services all around the diocese and uh, looking forward I'm sure to you uh, flying in that sense. Real joy to be here, though, for this service, especially with the nine candidates that we have for baptism and for confirmation. I had the joy of reading just a little bit of their stories, their reasons for wanting to come to this moment of baptism and confirmation. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, And I hadn't realized, actually, particularly for the young people, just how influential the Hungerton camps have been. Uh, a number of you, I see some nods of heads going on around the place, a number of you I think have been on those camps. I've never actually been to one of those, but I do want to tell you right at the outset that actually for me, aged, I think I was eight, it was actually a camp run by a group called Scripture Union actually that I attended where I said my first prayer that I remember basically. It was one of those uh, beautiful moments Uh, coming out of a a tent, a big tent where we'd all been gathering for uh, some activities in the evening, coming out of the tent, looking up at the night sky and simply seeing the stars and being stopped in my track. And I remember the prayer to this day. It was simply, God, if you are there and if you created all of this, then I want to know you. That's all it was. And here I am today. So uh, beware, those of you who've been on Hungerton Camps, uh, who knows where it might lead for you as well. A real joy then to be able to celebrate this evening together and this moment in the journey of the lives of these candidates. But as, as you mentioned earlier, I am very conscious that we do so under something of a shadow this evening with world news. We're going to pray later on in the service as we share in communion together, I think it's right that we should take that moment to pray together for the people of Ukraine. And I think just to acknowledge, as if we weren't aware already, but to acknowledge the evil in our world, for let's be under no doubt, this is an act of appalling evil, that the lives of potentially many thousands of people in Ukraine are being put at risk not to mention the soldiers from Russia, and who knows what beyond that in terms of the response of other governments and the potential for escalation. Friends, we need to be praying for those in government, for those who have to make momentous decisions in the days ahead. If you are interested at all, the Diocese in Europe, so the Anglican Diocese in Europe, which has only a very small church in Ukraine, but they are organizing a prayer gathering on Tuesday evening. If you go onto the Diocese in Europe, as it's called, uh, onto their YouTube channel, you can join their prayer activity on Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock would encourage you to do so, and you may know that Pope Francis has also issued a call to prayer and to fasting for Ash Wednesday, so this Wednesday coming, the beginning of Lent, known as Ash Wednesday, and uh, Pope Francis has called on all Christians around the world to fast and pray. I think it's important to acknowledge these things, even in the midst of a celebration this evening, because it's a reminder as well, contrary to what a lot of people say to me, actually that the Christian faith is a public faith. I hear again and again people saying, well, yes, I'm, I'm sort of a Christian, but it's, it's a private matter for me. Now, I understand why people say that, but I'm afraid I want to stand before you today and say, no, actually, it is a public matter, because this faith affects not just you and how you live your life, it affects our communities, it affects our country, it affects our world. And we need to acknowledge that, that actually there is a sense in which we all bear responsibility for what goes on around the world, because everything we do has consequences and has knock-on implications for our families, for our friends, for our communities, for our country, for our world. So yes, I understand why people say it's a private faith, but... In reality, I'm afraid, faith affects every aspect of our lives. It is very public in that sense, which is why, again, I'm afraid I don't have much time for those who say bishops shouldn't get involved in politics. Well, I understand, again, why they say that, but I'm afraid I do get involved in politics because I believe Jesus got involved in politics. He was hugely controversial in some of the things he had to say to the leaders of his own day. And that's why I want to focus on one very simple phrase from our Bible reading just a moment or two ago. This dramatic reading of Jesus going up the mountain to pray and then the figures of uh, Elijah and Moses appearing to him. But then when the clouds descends and a voice is heard saying, this is my son, the chosen one, listen to him. That's the simple phrase that I want to focus on today. Listen to him. And what does that mean for us? So we've had these two readings together. I don't know if you noticed. The first reading about Moses going up a mountain to pray, to meet with God. And on that occasion, Moses is given the Ten Commandments, the tablets of stone with the commandments chiseled onto them. And he bring those, that brings those down the mountain to give to the people. So here Jesus is, in a sense, deliberately following, repeating, What Moses has done, going up the mountain again, meeting with God in the clouds. But there's a couple of important differences. Firstly, Jesus doesn't go alone. He takes three disciples, three of his followers, with him up the mountain. Three people who are tired, we're told. They're sleepy, they're confused, they don't quite understand what is going on around them. And yet, this is a little glimpse of what it means to follow Jesus. It doesn't mean that suddenly everything is clear and you understand all that's going on in the world. No, far from it. We can be as confused as anybody. But again, we know ourselves to be with Jesus, to be held in his love. And then this voice from the cloud. This is my son, my chosen, the anointed one. Listen to him. Friends, this is the turning point in the whole story that Luke is recounting as he's described the birth of Jesus and the early ministry of Jesus, and then later goes on to talk about his death and his resurrection. Here, right in the middle of the story, just after he has actually asked his followers, who do people say that I am? And they've said, well, some say you're a teacher. Some say you're a bit like a prophet. And Jesus looks at them directly and says, who do you say that I am? And it's Peter who pipes up. Yes, you are the chosen one of God. And now he has those words confirmed through this voice coming from the clouds. This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Moses received the Ten Commandments. The disciples received the words of Jesus and a simple instruction. Listen. Pay attention to him. Listen carefully. The original word actually carries the idea of not just listening, but then obeying. Listen and put into action what you hear him saying. For our candidates this evening and for all those who have publicly declared their faith in Jesus Christ, a simple reminder that actually at its core Christianity is very very simple listen to him put it into action that's what it's about what does that mean day by day very simple we read our Bibles because that's where we hear what Jesus has said we spend time in prayer sometimes in silence Sometimes talking to God, just simply sharing what's on our hearts, whatever's in our minds, it doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter how we say it. But that's how we hear Jesus speaking today. We do it on our own when nobody's watching. And we do it with lots of others in church or in a small group meeting in somebody's home, wherever it may be. But we seek always to be listening and then to have wisdom to put it into action. And again, you may ask me, how does any of that make any difference to what is going on in Ukraine, or indeed the Middle East, or indeed China, wherever it may be? And of course the answer is, well, no, not directly necessarily. Although I do believe that prayer is powerful in a way that I don't understand, but in some way I believe my prayers do affect things in the heavenly realm. But I also know that as I listen, and as I pray, that actually something inside of me changes. That I start to grow in the ability to love other people, to be patient with other people, to be kind, to be gentle, to be hospitable, all these sorts of things. And as I change, So the way I behave changes, the way I interact with other people changes. So I influence my neighbors, my work colleagues, my friends. I influence my community and onwards around the world. I think of it sometimes a little bit like the butterfly effect. You know that thing of the butterfly flapping its wings somewhere in, say, England? causes a little disturbance of air around it which then, as it moves out, gets bigger and bigger, such that by the time it's in Africa, it's a mighty gale. The butterfly effects, the small changes for you and me, which affect things around the world. Listen to me, said the voice, sorry, listen to him, said the voice from the crowds. I pray for our candidates and for each one of us that we'll make that a daily habit, such that it changes us and our world.